0: Do you need assistance in escaping an abusive or violent situation? Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Operating around the clock, seven days a week, confidential and free of cost, the National Domestic Violence Hotline provides life-saving tools and immediate support to enable victims to find safety and live lives free of abuse callers to the hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE can expect highly trained, experienced advocates to offer compassionate support, crisis intervention, information, educational services, and referral services in more than 200 languages. Don't hesitate. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline today at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Do you reside in New York City and need help? Call Safe Horizon on their 24-hour hotline, 1-800-621-HOPE. Safe Horizon is the nation's leading victim assistance organization. Call Safe Horizon today at 1-800-621-4673. That's 1-800-621-HOPE. If you are in immediate danger, pick up the phone right now and call nine. 9- one, one. In My Head with Jay Blessed is a transparent look into the life and mind of a Caribbean woman having human experiences. In my Get into my mind as I share my most vulnerable thoughts and honest experiences. I'll take you on a roller coaster of emotions as you get to know someone who might share similar experiences with you. Some might make you speechless, you'll definitely laugh. Others might make you angry, and some might even make you cry. But my very real, very raw, very relatable weekly podcast will always keep you coming back for more. Join me as I talk to myself, talk to you, and even talk to some special friends in my head. (laughs) In my head is an introspective look from a voyeuristic point of view. For a list of all my social channels and how you can connect with me, please view this episode's summary. To join in on the conversation, use the hashtag headwithjb, that's H-E-A-D-W-I-T-H-J-B, and follow me on Instagram at realjblessed and Twitter at jblessed. Let's get in on the conversation together. Don't forget to log on to my official website, JBless.com. A human experience from a Caribbean perspective. In, in my head. Bonus Episode Number Two. Surviving with Susan and Sasha.
1: In, in my-
0: So we're continuing last week's conversation on domestic violence. And though we've entered the month of November, people are battling with intimate partner and domestic violence issues year round. Um, And piggybacking off last week's episode with Nicole and Dion, I wanted to bring in another perspective. Uh, A mother daughter duo in studio today as they share from mommy's perspective and daughter's perspective, their experiences with domestic violence. Um, And I just wanted to bring that to you because, you know, for some of you, you might know these people, they're in the community, or for some of you, you might see yourself in these people. And I wanted to make this as relatable as possible because you know, in my head is my very relatable, very real weekly podcast right here. And so this is what we're all about, sharing our stories so you guys can get the information you need to overcome and live your healthiest and happiest lives. Um, On our bonus episode one, we had Jason Rosario. I know y'all remember that one. (laughs) And on today's bonus episode number two, we are featuring mother and daughter duo Susan and Sasha, who will be sharing their very personal experience with domestic violence from, you know, two very different perspectives from the same household.
1: In my
0: in j bless criminal justice system, violent and sexually based offenses against women and children are considered especially heinous. In in my head, the dedicated listeners who pay special attention to this content of these stories and share the information to save the lives of others are members of an elite squad known as the j Welcome to bonus episode two, right here on In My Head, Susan and Sasha. Want to advertise on In My Head with Jay Vlest? Sign up now for the 2019 introductory rates to expose your brand, business, or initiative to a local and global audience. In My Head has a large New York-based audience and is heard in over 54 countries, with its top markets being the United States, Canada, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, and Bermuda. Be one of the very first exclusive advertising partners by signing up today. Email info at jayblessed.com. That's info at jblessed.com to advertise on
1: In In My Head. All
0: right, guys. So, yeah, in studio, I told you guys already that this one is going to be a heavy one. So, go get your Kleenex ready. Go get, you know, just. Get your glass of wine, red preferably, but if you like your little white wine, yeah, whatever. I'm gonna teach you about wine soon. <laughs> oh my god, it's a heavy one! And I have with me today um, a mother daughter duo who was here to speak on their personal experiences with domestic violence. And again, as I said before, and I'm saying now, these. Uh, conversations are with people and their experiences are their experiences right it may not be everyone's experience and you may not agree with certain things but this is their experience and we should respect that and even respect the fact that they have the courage enough to talk about it so today I would love to welcome on in my head and their names have been changed to protect their identities. Mom, Susan, and daughter, Sasha. Hi, ladies. Hi. <laughs> oh, they're talking in unison, okay, nothing. <laughs> it's okay. I know it's heavy, but we could joke and we could laugh and we probably going to be doing that here because we mix the heavy stuff with, you know, light things too, right? Um, thank you so much.
2: You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Um, I mean, he, I, I put out a feeler for uh, domestic violence survivors and people who've had that experience. And disproportionately, black women suffer a lot when it comes to domestic violence and death by domestic violence and domestic abuse in their relationships. And I'm grateful that I have two different perspectives from the same situation, right? So, before I, I talk to you, Mom, <laughs> Sasha, how are you feeling?
2: Um, I'm all right. I know we're here to discuss domestic violence, as you mentioned, and what happened, Um, you know, throughout my upbringing with my mom and my dad. So, I'm just here to, you know, explain my side, which, you know, there's okay. a lot as well, as you mentioned, two perspectives of looking at it.
0: I appreciate that. Susan, how are you feeling today?
3: I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, it's a lot to reflect on as far as my personal journey to see that I've come from out of that situation. And um, things like this just remind you how far you've really come on your journey as a person. So just to give the listeners a bit of perspective, Susan, how old are you? I am... 46.
0: Going you, you don't know your age, girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forget it after a while. After you don't f- want
3: to remember. No, right? I, After that 40 hits, it's like, wow. You're, you're Everything like, else is a blur. Yeah, like I'm
0: 21 years old. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. With, with, yeah, with uh, about 19 years experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sasha, how old are you? I'm
2: 19.
0: Wow. Okay. So just wanted to give our, our audience a bit of a, a perspective on the age differences and for them to relate a little bit more. Um, so tell me a little bit more about your upbringing, Susan. Mom. Um,
3: well, I grew up with a two-parent household. Mm-hmm. Um, my experiences were very different from what I grew up seeing. I lived in a, as I mentioned, Mom and dad married the whole time, and, you know, sort of like that Cosby experience, minus the drugging and all of that, but I'm just saying, it was like that type the quintessential of quintessential family exactly. life, right? Family to, you know, two Caribbean professionals okay. that moved to the United States and were just bringing up their kids. From which island? Trinidad. Okay. And and so, did you see abuse? No. Was no. your dad ever verbally abusive to your mother? No. They, they had, um a genuine, jokey kind of chemistry, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like situations where tempers could have flared. My dad had, I would say, a knack for diffusing it with humor, so he'd be like, oh, God, again? <laughs> <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of behavior, and you know? Like any, any couple, I'm sure they had their differences and their disagreements or whatever, you know, you'd hear the occasional raised voices, but for the most part, they were... I would say more so each other's best friends, so they knew how to, they were together since they were very young, so they knew how to navigate each other through even their angry times. So, no, I didn't witness that growing up.
0: And, and not from your mother either, too, no, your dad? No, no. Um, how long were they married? Uh,
3: right up until my dad died, so they became a couple when my mother was probably about 17 years old, fresh out of school. And I think they had 20, 29 years married wow. before Dad passed, yeah.
0: Wow. Okay, that, that helps us with, you know, your socialization background mm-hmm. of painting this very vivid picture for our audience so they can understand who you are what your background is like. You came from a family that was, yeah, quintessentially a perfect home, right? It's, you know, people argue, we have that, but you weren't seeing fights between your parents. Um, And dad knew how to quell a situation. Um, And it was all about love and happiness and for the most part, right? Yeah, for the most part. Sasha, what has been your experience as a child growing up in your household with your mom and dad?
2: So, my experience is a little different than my mom's, mm-hmm. and with that being said, my um, parents, similar to my mom said at first, when I was younger, they were happier together, and as I, you know, got older, I would say um, around, like, 7 to, okay. like,
0: 13. Okay, because you're 19 now, yeah. so that's fine.
2: Yeah, around that time period is when um, it began to change, and then...
0: Tell us more about that change what do you what what
2: changed um so arguing pretty often that would we'll turn to physical altercations and when my dad I would have to be um you know have to get police involvement during wow. that period of time
0: okay so that's um it's like a six-year period of time in your life, right? Yes. And that's a big chunk. That's from the age of seven to thirteen, as a yeah, an adolescent going into teenage years. This is like pivotal time in your life. I'm going to take it back to your mom. So Susan, you've experienced a beautiful childhood. Yes. And for the most part, Sasha started having what seemed like a beautiful childhood, then morphed into something totally different than than was your experience. So. Tell me about your former marriage. Um, was it was it love at first sight? Like, paint this picture for me. Who was this guy, and how you find him? Like, how all they hook up? Um,
3: <laughs> actually, we we knew each other for many years um, before. Um, you know, just casually on, on the party scene type of thing.
0: Party scene in New York. Yes.
3: Party scene in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, his cousin was a hairstylist at the establishment where I used to go oh. get my hair done which was like a very popular mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and your
1: hair always <laughs> <lead>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> thanks and I um you know would run into him frequently there at that time we were both you know involved with other people which was just very lighthearted and friendly hey how you doing um some years later after my first marriage, because um, I got married also, you know, following suit as my parents got married really young. That didn't work out. Um, and years later, when we ran into each other, we just started vibing, you know, one or two parties here, boat right later, Mm-mm. party, kind of flex. And then you eventually, <laughs> without even realizing it, you're kind of, you're just... In a relationship. yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay. So, at what age did you get married the second time to this husband, um, Sasha's
3: dad? Sasha's dad and I got married. I was twenty. 30, I just turned thirty, actually. Okay. And how long were you guys married for? Um. Give me a second. Let me organize. can
0: calculate. Yeah. You. Just bring me, if you take me one, carry over the five. Divide <it> by two. <laughs> um, for thirteen years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, so married for 13 years. Um, were you in love with him when you got
3: married? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I thought I, if I could have waved the magic wand, I never would have envisioned us in this space where, you know, we're divorced and everybody has their own life. But um, amidst that 13 years, it started to become very painful, and painful in the sense that a lot of my goals and visions... I started to realize more and more we're not in alignment with where he was trying to go directionally in life. And I think, um, you know, no disrespect to his upbringing, we didn't share a lot of the same core values as far as what we thought were really essential and what we wanted out of life. Um, It became very different, and I think he grew to resent that I was growing Mm -hmm. regardless. Mm. You know what I mean? And he... He resented your independence? Very much so. Very much so. For a portion of my marriage, I was not employed. And a lot of that had to do with him wanting it to be such. Because I think in his head, he had that picture where, you know, I'm the man and I'm the breadwinner. But meanwhile, he wasn't winning the bread. Oh. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's fact.
0: But he when he found you, you were gainfully employed. Oh, absolutely. You've always held a job. I've getting... always had
3: a job. Um, but then
0: you felt secure because this is what
3: your husband wanted. He wanted you to be home with the kids. And at that, Right. At that time, I had two small kids. And from a financial standpoint, at one point, when they were very young, it made sense because you're talking about up by two because there's only... In New York City. Two, correct, a two-year age difference. And when I had gotten... Later from the job that I was at when I had both of my kids, it just kind of made sense then, all right? You know, you save saving on this course. Even though they went to daycare and stuff, it was like there's no need for the after-school portion of expenses. You could just be the one available and accessible to run and pick them up. So at that point, it was okay, and then as things started to progress, um, it just became, like I said, more and more difficult to stake in that kind of stagnated type of structure. Cause you were growing. Now yeah. let's
0: let's talk about married for thirteen years. At what year mark did things really
3: start changing for you? I would say between year six and seven.
0: Okay. Those was, are
3: pivotal times. Yeah, yeah. What
0: were some of the indicators that highlighted to you that something was not
3: right um well first of all we went from living in our own space to for several factors moving back in with my mother um which in itself is a challenge you know woman and woman in same household type of thing but I think just the fact that he got that comfortable there and not needing to have to go hard to provide any longer for the kids and at one point you know he wasn't he had lost his job at one point not so it's like Two grown people, neither one working, looking each other in the face all day it gets hella frustrating. That wasn't a lengthy period of time, but it was enough to build some resentment. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. So this episode is about domestic violence, and domestic violence is, you know, not only physical. Correct. Right. Um, so did your situation evolve immediately into a physical type of situation, or was it like? Explain it to me.
3: I would say it crept up, and what I mean by that is it would start with, like, the little slick remarks, like, we were very active on the fat scene, so if I spoke to men, he'd make, like, s- slick remarks, like, what happened, me asking you about your sister, knowing good and well that I am an only girl, so with that, you know, you're saying that. He's throwing today. shots. Correct, throwing shots, you know, and that's just casual, people I'm casually speaking to. Then everything became an accusation. Now, Mm. anybody who knows me know my style from growing up. I grew up amongst only brothers, as I mentioned, only girl. So I always rolled with with the the fellas. fellas. Yeah, the fellas, I'm I'm that female they felt comfortable and confiding in. So every fella became a suspect and a problem. Mm. As in people that had zero remote interest in me became public enemy number one. But the crazy part is he would still put on a really nice face to those people because he's very into playing that black jacket, white jacket type he, of he role. He's into his roles. Most people, yeah, people that are very, abusive know how to flip it. Correct, they know how very to, comfortable in his role. Not to change your face. Yeah, as far as... He, he would while out on me over an individual and be that person's best part, if I feel up in a part. And I'm just like... Two-faced, right? Yeah, isn't this the same person that you just, you know, temper flaring and want to cuss and carry on with? Well,
0: some people might view that as keeping your enemies closer,
3: no? I guess, but it's very strategic, in my opinion, the behavior.
0: So I noticed something, and Sasha, I'm coming to you shortly, okay? But I noticed something in, in your speech, Susan, that you would say we and we. And in certain situations, when I hear of domestic violence survivors, they would often say, well, he did, he did. Mm -hmm. Let's peel back the layers of your experience Mm -hmm. Um, So it it crept up in slick remarks And sometimes that's really how it does start, Mm -hmm. you know, verbally Um, How did that verbal, you know, shot taken Evolve into more aggressive talking Or damaging derogatory words to becoming physical Like, what would you say to a woman right now showing them the signs? Like, what happened with your situation that they should be alert of right now in theirs? Should they ever experience something like this?
3: I would say, honestly, pay very close attention to a person's speech pattern. Because I think it's not to say all Caribbean, but there's a certain level of Caribbean bravado that they feel if they talk hard, you know, they're saying something. So it would go from, you know, the, hey, babe, kind of, to whap, and... It, it suddenly becomes the change in tone, and that transcends even into other areas of you know of my former husband's life because that's I think his coping mechanism. You feel if you if you gruff about things, that yeah. everybody gotta fall in line. And when that was not working for me because I'm a I'm a I, I'm a big personality to deal with. So yes, my mouth is slicked back. You come at me and you. Say it sideways. I'm I'm sideways twice. Two steps ahead of you. In my comeback, and I think that frustration, then led to it turn it becoming taking a turn for physical. So when
0: he couldn't bend you with his words, then he opted to do what?
3: Begin hitting. When was the first experience? Um, one night we were coming home from once again another party where he felt that I spent too much time, and this wasn't just any particular person. I think he just didn't like the fact that I was that sociable with the group of people we were with. And one of the friends, because at that time our car was in the shop. male friend? A male friend, yeah. And the male friend and his girlfriend offered to give us a ride home. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 let him go ahead. And as we're walking down the street, I'll never forget, that's coming down Coney Island Avenue. He starts, like, digging his nails into my arm, talking about... We're you about spending too much time up in these people. face. And I was like, but these are the same people you were just good with a few minutes ago. So what's wrong with getting a ride home with them? And then it became, oh, the guy just keeps the girl around because he has an interest in me. And they, they want to know where we live. It just became like weird in the sense that you became that aggressive about somebody offering us a ride home. A ride home. Do you think it was jealousy? I think it was jealousy. Um, And then when we got home, that did escalate into a bigger physical altercation than just the arm digging. Who threw the first hit? Um, He did, and he pushed me across the room. And at that time, both of my kids were little kids. And... Sasha was upstairs, so Sasha came running downstairs. And what time of the day was this? This was middle of the morning, like 5, o'clock. You know, after party hours. So you're
0: that loud that your young daughter wake up. wakes up and runs downstairs. Sasha, do you remember that
2: incident? I remember vaguely uh-huh. a bit of it. I remember waking up, but mm-hmm. there was a few incidents after that where I have been waking up to um, physical altercation as well. But this specific one, I... Truly remember
0: a little Think bit because you were younger. Yeah, I understand. So, Susan, what happened to quell or end that particular first major physical altercation? Like, did you guys just like walk away from each other? Like, it was it just throwing punches, you just throw you across the room, and that was it? Like, walk me through that.
3: Um. He threw me across the room. I think I tried to hold it together when the kids came downstairs, but um, I remember as he slapped me, I had a pair of earrings from my mom that I went out with that night. Um, as I mentioned, we were living there. And as he slapped me, the earring back, like, scratched the side of my face. And I remember holding my face, because it's one of them, like, long, dangly earrings with the hook in the back, so you know how it can graze you. Right. And I remember holding the side of my face and just looking at him, like, in disgust. And that hour, of the morning, I called his mother. Were you bleeding? Um, No. Just crazy.
0: Yeah, just Where grace. was your mom at that time?
3: Upstairs, hearing the whole thing. And her physical condition, she was barely mobile at that time. So she's there, losing it as well, because she can't intervene. But she's there screaming and carrying on. Oh, let's stop it. What is this? You know, that kind of. And just to think that somebody was that comfortable to even disrespect me in, in her house. In her house. Right the only f- girl chat. Exactly. And that he felt that he had that much rank, for lack of a better word, that he could carry on that way in the house. You want to be man of the house, but not really manning. That's was not disturbing. being the man of the exactly. house. Exactly. No, but I'm just saying, thinking that, you know, you can call order S- so in somebody else's was, home. were the cops called? Not in that instance.
0: So, how did, how did that first situation... How were you guys able to move on from that first situation?
3: Well... He kinda was embarrassed, I guess, after I called his mother, who didn't really have much to say about it other than all well, these big people only have to work that out. Wow. Yeah.
0: That says a lot about his background. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. hmm Okay, how how many instances, if you could put it in a number that have that occurred <laughs> over the years with the cops being called?
3: Um, I have a folder of police reports a folder. a folder as in that's that's one thing I keep I'm a paperwork hoarder as far as I have a folder in one month um and Sasha would attest that in one month they were called eight times to our old residence. why um the fighting got really out of control has he ever used a weapon on you um no not not other than himself no
0: have you ever used a weapon on him
3: um, no, but I did, and and I take ownership for that. One Only ti- truth. One time in front of the kids, and and I I feel very badly about that. It was a Sunday, and in true Caribbean fashion, you know, I'm there making Sunday lunch, and he comes once again with the argumentative behavior and trying to manhandle. I threw a Pyrex dish of macaroni pie. The whole pie? The whole pie, to the <laughs> point that I was pissed after. It's not funny. It's not funny, but it's like a It's not funny, but looking back at it... you
2: like them lunches. Exactly. For all day. Exactly.
3: Day. No, the unbaked pie is... in oh, and, Yeah, exactly. So it's wet. Wet pie. Mm-hmm. Wet, <laughs> sailed a wet Pyrex dish full of macaroni pie behind him to just watch my children's meals shatter and sail down the wall and have to... Spend time cleaning that up, then apologize to them for, you know, having to get them that shaken up by the whole me lashing out and acting insane back with his behavior.
0: Sasha, how did you feel when you saw your mom throw that Pyrex dish of unbaked macaroni and cheese across the hall to your dad?
2: I was vexed because <laughs> I like macaroni Don't pie a lot. Shut me out. <laughs> So I was kind of... Just- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Sasha likes she belly Don't do, mess with the food, mommy Anything yeah. else
2: But the food uh, But seriously Yeah, seriously But in this, uh, yeah, no, um, but in this instance um, I was a bit older When this situation happened mm-hmm. So like a few years older So I know like My dad You've been seeing it. it often, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, your it. dad
0: looked for yeah, it he did So when you saw the cops Constantly coming to your home And your dad being verbally abusive to your mom, was he ever verbally abusive to you?
2: Yes, so he would take the rage out that he has on my mom, on myself, and, um, And your sibling? Yes.
0: How would that make you feel?
2: I would be upset because, um, I would be upset, like, a lot, because it's like, my mom, even though, like, you were the one that was abusive to her, like, she never took any, you know, pain or any sadness out on me, so why are you doing that? to me, you know, in that kind of way. How do you feel about your dad, Sasha? Um, me and my dad are cordial. Like, I don't have, like, like, that's my dad, but at the same time, like, you know, you did a lot of things throughout my upbringing that, you know, is not okay.
0: How do you feel when you see other girls having really great relationships with their dads and yours seems a bit strained? How do you feel about that?
2: Um honestly, it's like kind of unfortunate that you know situations took place, but I remember when I was like really really young, like before everything happened, where like we used to go and do things or um spend time yeah, together. Yeah, spend time, quality time together yeah. And now you don't? No.
0: Does he make an effort to take you out? Does he call you up and say, "Hey, Sasha, I want to take you. want to You want to go go get something to eat, or go for a movie? Or go let me take you shopping, or I want to spend some time with you." It's really
2: rare, slim to none, usually. And now that I'm older, you know, I'm like doing my own thing or working, and I am in school, so that takes up most of my time. Sometimes, um, my mom and Susan is not even um, with me.
0: How do you feel about your dad's relationship with your brother? Um, and what has your brother confided in you in regards to how he feels about your dad?
2: Their relationship is kind of similar to mine. Um, with that being said, similar to me, they don't, they don't really have a good relationship at all. Mm-hmm. They do speak to each other a little bit um, more than I do. And one reason for that is because same way my mom mentioned um, slick comments, my dad would say, like, I'm so much like my mother. and And, wow. um, wow. yeah, because, like, we're quite similar in, like, Trace. Like, I'm carrying on like her because I, like, same way, like, I don't really That's hold not, my tongue in certain situations. And so I not, be it doesn't ruined. sound like a compliment to like, you, does it? Right, because he's not saying it, like, in a complimentary way. It's right. more like because I said something... Although I would never, like, you know, be disrespectful to my dad. I would right. say whatever I have to say. And sometimes he wouldn't like that. So I would just leave it as that. That's a come our, um Like, you know, phone calls and texts wouldn't be the same as my brother. Our brother tells him, like, what it is just flat out. But it's not more me acting like my mother. He's not acting like his mom.
0: Has your dad ever been physically abusive towards you?
2: Um, So when it was, like, ending, mm-hmm. um, it was... Between Halloween and th- Thanksgiving, right. um, going outside, and um, my parents were having an argument, which led to be physical, and then I was walking in the street, but I was walking ahead because when my parents was arguing, I, like, ended up cursing. like, And it was weird because my dad was like, you just cursed? But I was, like, so mad, like, I ended up right. just cursing. And when we were outside, What I was did he tell him? I was like, on it!" I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right. That's really what I said, for okay. real. And then you scream it, like, yeah. Like I, did. it scream- I didn't say it like as calm as I did just now, but right. um, he was mad about that. So when I was walking outside of my house, he like grabbed me and like grabbed my brother, and then he started hitting us because we was like, you know, cursing. We were upset about the situation that just took place. Wow. Okay, Susan. So,
0: for six years of your children's uh, life, they witnessed—they've witnessed their mom and dad having a very tumultuous relationship, um, one that morphed from seemingly loving to kind of monstrous. Right. Very.
3: Um, what was the breaking point for you? The breaking point for me was. Not only knowing that my mother was witnessing this in the household, but just knowing that my kids are getting older. Not saying that if they were younger, it made it acceptable, but it was just knowing that me and their well-being mattered more than trying to save face and say I'm staying in a relationship where I was miserable absolutely miserable um, knowing that my f- personal safety started to be compromised because it got to the point where he would follow, if I say I'm going somewhere, he would follow me or show up wherever I say I'm going and sometimes, you know, you're just getting out because you want to clear your head and be away from the nonsense and the hostility and he'd show up there or suddenly you befriend you know, the people, if I, if I, let's say I say I'm going to dinner with Jamie, all of a sudden, you're there too, because you've suddenly become Jamie's friend as well, so I couldn't have any separate activity that didn't include him and and I just felt very stifled, and I said, "This is when out needs to be the answer. These kids are big, they're getting you know junior high school age, and I didn't want it to be something that would translate for them into thinking that that was okay.
0: Have you, ever had, have you ever had to go to the hospital?
3: Um, no. no.
0: Has he ever had to go to the hospital?
3: Mm, no, but it ended up with him. The, the final straw was when he got arrested. It was a total of eight charges. What were the charges? Um, one of which was something that I never even knew was a charge mm-hmm. was he took my cell phone and broke it.
0: That, that's personal property,
3: though. Personal property, in addition to which they said but, but, that um, that but, is also viewed as a charge because it's in, in, inhibiting someone's ability to contact... Help. Help. And when he smashed a relatively new cell phone at that um, and was holding me down like choking is when I said there's... strangulation." There's a- yeah, there's absolutely no coming back from this. And my children were there. Okay. I had... Did you
2: see that, Sasha, when he was doing that? Yes.
3: What did you do when you saw your dad doing
0: that to your mom? So,
2: anytime, um, the well, majority of the time, where any um, physical like any physical altercation took place, I tried to intervene physically. So I would try to like break it up because my mom is not gonna like just sit there. But at the same she ain't time, a wallflower. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like you know, physically, my dad is still larger than her and. You know, manpower is, like, beating her up. That's not okay. So I would, like, try to push him off of her um, a lot of the time. And, of course, that didn't work. So I always, like, end up getting trampled.
0: How many uh, police reports are in that folder? Eight? Mm-hmm.
3: Eight was for that one month. So I think Five in hundred. total it ended up being probably closer to 12 to 15, um, including a order of protection. When I was going through my divorce, and when my divorce decree was issued, um, these children experienced for a period of their life after, post-divorce where their father couldn't know where they resided. So I would have to, if they were scheduled to meet, have to have them walk to a certain corner or point for him to meet them in order for them to see their dad.
0: Were you afraid that one day he might kill you?
3: Absolutely. Did he ever say it? Um, No, but he would tell me stuff like, during the divorce, and he would say this in front of my children, how I should die. And I would consistently remind him, that's not the energy you ever put on anyone, especially the person who is the primary caretaker for your kids. Especially when you're not in a position to do better.
0: And... During that process, did you ever go through mental health issues, anxiety, depression? Did you, I mean, like, how were you really, really
3: feeling? There was also a lot of other things happening at that time as well. Personally, um, with you? Personally, yes. Um, my mother's health was rapidly declining. hmm that was my main and only safety net because I'm not really in great dealings with my siblings or the, remain, you know, the rest of my family members. So watching her health decline, um, there was a situation as well where, and that's outside of this, but it just became some legal drama concerning her home and the property and my kids and I had to move. We were displaced and at that time I wasn't even working so we had to move in with a friend. It was painful to realize that their dad didn't even assist in helping for his children to have some way to go. Um, it was a very dark time. I, I, I could honestly say I, I was depressed. Um, I fell back quite a bit from a lot of social interaction because I needed to find my peace.
0: Talking about social interaction, um, based on the things that you're saying that you and your ex-husband was heavy on this scene did, mm-hmm. did you have friends that knew about yes. your situation yep. and how did they ever intervene did they ever talk to him and say yo you can't you can't be like you know y'all gotta word this out yeah has anyone ever offered that you guys go to counseling did you guys ever go to counseling well, we,
3: took, we attempted counseling at, at one time um but i would honestly say he knows how to switch it on and off well enough to the point that you go in there for counseling and to, instead of addressing any issues that might unearth things about him that aren't too... He, he's not great at facing shortcomings on his own so he would then sit and make the whole counseling session about me and you're disinterested and you want out the relationship without Taking a minute to see, well, I hit her. My kids. Without are owning it. it. There's no ownership, no ownership, not none whatsoever.
0: Um, I really wished for this episode we had a therapist to like walk us through some of the things you're saying, so they mm-hmm. can actually ca- characterize what those behavioral patterns are and and, and the terms for what he's doing. Like, he's, I mean, he gaslit you. He manipulated the situation.
3: Very
0: much so. And there's there's a slew of other things. And in addition to that you also, Mm -hmm. um, it seemed like you had to react. And in your reacting, you're also being, like, verbally abusive Mm -hmm. because— like I said before, to Sasha, you're not a wallflower. There's nope. some women, and I'm one of those. Listen, I'm a loving person. Love on me, and I'm going to love you to death. Try to hurt me? I'm going to fucking hurt you back. Oh, yeah, the claws come out the cause come all the way out but you gotta understand that what you give out what you put out is what you get back you know right. you want love give love you want respect give respect and it seems like I'm not condoning violence in any way but I would say I, stand up for your fucking self definitely you want no man putting their hands on you
3: definitely and so
0: Sasha with that said how would you deal with I'm praying listen your mom came from an environment she didn't see that but that's not your story And oftentimes when young girls are in households where their dads are abusive, not all the times, but oftentimes they tend to find themselves in similar situations. What are you going to do to avoid that? And have you talked to your mom about situations? Has she spoken to you about that?
2: So with that being said, as I am, um, and I mentioned earlier, I'm 19. So you know, you start dating and that kind, of, hey. <laughs> that kind of thing. Everything like from, like you know, even if I'm just talking to somebody or something like that, like I always look for signs because of what, like I go up. Like with. what signs? like somebody talking to me anyhow like you know from regular respect for someone's like level because mm-hmm. similar to um, my mom majority of my friends are male mm-hmm. and so that becomes something that um like a you know a lot of people sometimes it's like I think a, like insecurity I would say mm-hmm. of it being like oh my gosh you know you're an attractive, you're an attractive woman so people like are always like looking at you kind of thing. So anytime that, like, I think that anyone has any type of intent or is moving, like, they are mad about me being, like, you know, around my male friends and such, I know, like, that is a sign. Another sign would be, like, um, like cursing too much, like, being a little too loud, aggressive and, like, little anything. Those would be signs for me. So,
0: homicides resulting from domestic violence, are the leading cause of death for Black women ages 15 to 35. That's from you to me, right? The leading cause, the leading cause of death. 22% of those homicides happen in DV situations. That's alarming.
2: Very alarming.
0: How are you going to protect yourself?
2: Um, like just to like keep your guard up. That's something I always do, like for everybody from like friendships. Do you talk to, to your friends about stuff like this too? Yes. Yeah. Cause I did have a friend that was in um a situation.
0: How old was she?
2: Seventeen at the time.
0: And what was the situation like? Was her boyfriend physically abusive? Yeah. Was he about her age or was he older?
2: Yeah, like, her age, I think, a year older.
0: And he was physically abusive?
2: Yeah, like, in school, like, beating her up. In school? Yeah. And she, like, um, didn't really come from a household where, like, there was somebody to talk to or, um, like, anyone that would really, like, listen to her, basically. So it wasn't, like, a good environment overall.
0: Susan? How long have you been divorced now?
3: I've been divorced since 2015, so it's four years.
0: Okay, all right. Um, How lengthy was that divorce process? And how painful was it? Because divorce is not fun.
3: No. As, as I told my former husband, who was like, oh, I'm, I'm just happy to get divorced. That was what he would say. I said, I don't know any woman unless you are chasing bank behind somebody who's got mega money that actually sets out to be married to get divorced. I... I truthfully don't know any. Oh, who likes the process? Exactly. it's expensive as it's, shit. It's expensive. So it's, if you ain't
0: working, Negro, we exa- ain't getting ex- no paper. Exactly.
3: It's expensive. It's mentally draining. It's it's a lot of back and forth and just unnecessary. Things that, to me, you can simple The same way you come together easily, it can end easily. But it wasn't that simple. Prior to it becoming public that we were getting divorced, I had that conversation with him that this isn't working any longer. Gave him papers and told him, I need you to move by a certain time. What was his response? What was his response? Denial. He ain't had no divorce. What's wrong with you? And, no, no, you're not leaving?
0: That was the... How long did it take to get him out of the house?
3: <laughs> Till 2015. How long was that? Three whole years. The hell? Yeah. I would say two and a half, yeah, close to three years. So were you
0: guys just living separate lives but cohabitating now?
3: Correct. And when I started living my separate life, um, and that's not an easy subject to discuss either, but when I started living my separate life, mind you, he knew prior to that that I had asked to be freed from this situation. What was then done was a negative campaign on me. Did like, he
0: paint you as a whore oh, that you're cheating oh, on him? Oh,
3: told every human that would listen and would say these degrading things even in front of such, such you know, our children. Correct. You would, wow. yeah, consistently disrespect me in front of the children. And my answer to that would always be if you had left when I said this was over, you wouldn't have to witness on this because I'd be a single woman operating as such.
0: Wow. Yeah. And that's also a form of control, right? Very
3: much so. It was control on a lot of levels. It was control, like I said, from the financial end of things to who you hang around with. Interesting you brought up the point of friends. There was one friend when the kids were younger who witnessed one of the physical altercations. And his remedy to that when the person spoke up on my behalf is you need to cut her off. She had to go. And being dumb, because at that point still wanting to... You're still in that, oh, let me try, try to make it work scene. Guess what I did? I got rid of that friend.
0: So, you know, just going back a little bit. You guys aren't in... in, in, in the Trini community. You're in the Trini community, Mm -hmm. you're on the party scene. Mm -hmm. There are some people that have been witness. You're telling me, especially as a woman who's around a lot of men, you had no male friends that could address him and dress him and be like, yo, stop putting your hands on her?
3: I have two that stepped into that role. I I think Mm -hmm. that we unplug from that protect our women, black women matter, we love all our black sisters. It's all fine and well in rhetoric, because guess what, ironically, my former husband is such as well on every social media platform, is the black queens, and everybody is, you know, but then when it comes to- Close to home. Close to home, that don't apply. And I think many times the friends that call themselves friends, um, I actually had one friend that was a mutual friend of both of ours. He happens to, you know, be my daughter's godfather who straight up knew this was happening and then turned around and said, well, maybe if I didn't have somebody I was seeing, that wouldn't be the case. And how he, he do not wrong like that. Him, I kid you not. And he don't wrong him. He said, if, if that was me, I would be the same way too. I, was, I looked at him like he had eight heads.
0: Now that you say that and you're on the scene, how many of these dudes on this scene beat their women?
3: I'm sure it's more than we're comfortable in talking
0: about. I am certain. Have you ever seen it happen outside of your own situation?
3: Absolutely. Back in the day, and this is uh, this person and I are still extremely good friends to this day, but I almost got into a fist fight with a male friend for him hitting the girl who he was with at the time. We all there, and I'll never forget, it was my birthday weekend, we all went out to celebrate and party, and it was a constant pattern with them. They would fight... She would pretend like nothing was happening, but that time when I actually saw what was going on and I got in the middle, me and him squared off to fight. We are the best of friends to this day, but he knows that his, and I've encouraged him, he has gotten anger management, treatment, therapy and all of this because he acknowledges that it's a problem for him.
0: The difference between him and apparently with this guy and your, your ex-husband is that he acknowledged that there was a problem yeah. and there was someone to step in and say, listen, you Check need yourself. some fucking help mm-hmm. and actually I'm going to help you get that help mm-hmm. because I can't be your friend and not provide right. you some resources and if you still want to be my friend, you got to get your shit together. Correct. Correct. Did your husband, Did sorry, did your ex-husband ever go to therapy on his own or?
3: Not that I know of, but... No. Wow Sasha was
0: like nah (laughs) Nah He's like
2: uninterested And that's like a problem Like I've noticed Um From like even like On social media Like within Um The black community As a whole Like a lot of people Do not like to Um attend therapy from um, former upbringings and so on and so on like you know i can handle it or that's not a problem or maybe i saw this growing up or i see things a certain way and just stuck in your ways basically have you ever had therapy um no only um counseling like what? but it would be for counseling academic
0: reasons okay so no counseling for family reasons no okay and are are you open to doing that
3: mom. Oh, absolutely. But um, amidst that, what I've done with and for my kids is we'll have open dialogue forums where I would just randomly pull them in the room and sit down and be like... Family meeting. Yeah, exactly. Family meeting and anything at all, even if it's to tell me that I'm wrong because... My, my Sasha, yeah, Sasha I holds do. no punches on it, and neither does my son. They will, mom, you didn't handle such and such correctly, you know. Uh, respectfully, they'll always let me know. This is not okay. You had no, you know, you punished, and they're good at picking up for each other. You punished my brother, and I want to know why you know, <laughs> you didn't have to do that. <laughs> he didn't look for that, and same vice versa. Oh, mom, you were too hard on her. And I would listen to them. And then I would also oftentimes ask them, how are you feeling? And don't just tell me how you're feeling. Like, I'm okay. I'm not sick. Or, how are you feeling? What, what are you thinking? How do you feel about? And very often we will have open conversation about the experiences they've had, like when we were displaced. And just as an effort to mend, I encourage them to talk about anything that comes into their head to me.
0: Sasha, How do you feel about your mom?
2: I love my mom. Like, she's my favorite parent.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no shade. That's so fucking shady, Sasha. No shade.
0: Just no shade. <laughs> That's just
2: fact.
0: Yeah, like, it
2: is what it is. Everybody has a favorite. So. So,
0: so seriously, I want you to look at your mom right now. And your mom has done a lot and been through a lot. You've been right there with her. You've seen her cry, you've seen her struggle, you've seen her fight to get herself together and to provide for you and your brother and make a better life for herself. You've seen her at her lowest of lows and her happiest of happiest. So I want you to look at your
2: mom right now and tell your mom how you really, really feel about her so I love my mom so much like I can't wait until like I finish college so I could literally buy her island <laughs> and she's <laughs> she gonna be on her island with her own private jet yes right that's Cardi love B style. that's love <laughs> when a child I, I wanna, wanna buy a house, house to buy an
0: island you know yeah <laughs> you that she can get her. a few
2: houses on the island too Ooh,
0: she have all the houses on the island Oh <laughs> of them
2: yes <yeah>, hers <laughs> so she can get that her jet, so she she like she she likes to travel, so
0: she's gonna do that. I'm gonna I, I make sure see. she get that. I love that, and and Sue, so th- is there anything you wanna say to your daughter? Because and and, and to your other child that may be listening as well, you know, it's it's it's. A, I think we have to give people the opportunity to express uh, their love. There are a lot of moms, Sasha, who are not here right now because they died at the hands. Of of their children's father. And you are so blessed. I oh, am. Yeah. Because things could have gone real bad, real quick. A simple strangulation to a strong person, may, you know they could be able to dust that off, but someone who might be ill and not even know that they're ill, something like that could trigger death, right? And so your mom survived. She is a survivor and so are you. And so mom, what do you have to say to Sasha right now? What you got
3: to say to her? Um, Sasha knows she is my entire... Her and her brother are my entire world. And I just applaud them for being my source of strength. Between them and God, that was all I had for a minute. And they never once folded. You know, they... It pains me to see their relationship with their dad. I, I talk to them a lot about that that you can't, I don't ever want it to be where it comes across or is translated at their only team mom. I try to encourage them especially, and Sasha will tell you, I tell her continuously, I had a very healthy and happy relationship with my father. So it's it's one of the things that bothers me the most to see that my kids don't have that. Um, And I just applaud them so much for being real little soldiers, like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll look at her social... She busting m- up faces. and shit! Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and you know, and... I'm
0: gangster! Uh,
3: yeah, no, she, <laughs> I swear. Yeah, she, she t- uh-huh. t- Tiny, but packs and <laughs> strong, yeah, she's, um, she is definitely a, a pint-sized warrior, but I look at you know, as parents, how you check your kids' social media, mm-hmm. um, and one time she put up something, and and at first I didn't even want her to see that, it brought me to tears. At the start of the year, mm-hmm. you know how everybody puts up their New Year's posts? Right. She posted, all I pray is 2019 be good to my mom. Wow. And I was just like, I've done something right. Wow. You know what I mean? When, when your kids have that kind of love for you. Just wanting to see you happy. Yeah, I was like, I've done something right. Getting off the bus one day, it started raining. I had no umbrella. My son took his coat off and put it over my head. Moments like that, I'm yes. like, I have done something right. Yes. And thank you, God, for blessing me to have that kind of, you know, bond with my children. If I go out after work, this one, Miss Sasha will text me, um, when are you coming home? I miss you. The house is too quiet. Aww. And when, she's also checking out to make sure you're safe, yes, right? Yes, yes. Because yes. I don't play. <laughs> yeah, no, she's... She don't play I but don't her mom. Play. Yeah, She <laughs> always, yeah. She always wants, both her and my son always want to make sure that I'm safe. Um, I love that. I love they, that. They...
0: And they also had a great grandma, right? Grandma's yeah, around yeah. today. That maternal love is there, and I respect that. Susan, um, for a woman right now who is in a relationship, Uh, and has chosen to stick it out because of the kids. What advice do you have for her?
3: Um, You need to have a conversation, first with yourself, then secondly with your kids, because mind-blown when my children and Sasha would tell you, one day they turned and said, Mom, why didn't you do this sooner? You're a happier and a better person. Mm -hmm. I, I was... I felt like the only dummy for sticking it out that long, thinking you're doing right by the kids, and the kids is watching you be miserable. Get out, find your self-worth, and situations like this also make you check what you deem is really important, because anybody who knows me knows I'm not a part of that scene like that anymore, because you also realize what you're putting as priority ain't prioritizing you back because when you see how easily people who don't know your story turn and, and choose alliances, and the kind of fake face a lot of people put on just to say that they're on a scene or to maintain friendships. I've chosen a simpler life, and like I said, I don't snub it, because when I feel to, as my daughter would say, pop out, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> my random pop outs here and there, but I also know in popping out how to evaluate the people that are in my circle because a lot of them are the same ones who sided with my former mate without knowing. This is the hell that I've been living behind closed doors, but yet still you're comfortable enough just for the sake of saying you still rock with somebody with siding with someone. Yeah, we don't need that kind of energy. Yeah, no, I, I like, listen, free, easy, and simple life. And once you disconnect from... The negative, so much opens up. If you're a woman listening and you're going through, don't be afraid to just go. Just uh, don't even study it. Because guess what? When I left, I wasn't working. I'm secure and in a great space career-wise now. It's like you find everything about the you that you was missing.
0: Listen, the universe conspires with you when you decide that you want better for yourself.
3: Elevation is not.
0: my way. Elevation requires, requires separation.
3: separation. Bra- 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 Chop bra- 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 <laughs> <drop> the mic. <laughs> and that is all the way fact. Um, not everyone is, is prayer based or religious, but I know I can only speak for me. Yeah. If it wasn't for God and my yeah. children, I would have lost my sanity. I think. I would have had that breakdown that we talk about or, you know, the that would have been the cue for any and all thing to step in. But I think that having that firm base faith and just even when you got to cry, holding my children and crying and praying and asking God to cover and intervene and and just make a way. It may not seem like you're being heard, but you will see those walls come all the way down and light appears at the end of the tunnel and you find yourself, you find strength in you that you didn't know you had because you were too busy trying to cater to somebody who was not really meant for your good. Equally yoked, people gotta put that first and foremost in their shopping as far as when you're seeking a mate. You gotta really realize if this person is treating you a certain way or making you feel a certain way about yourself, then... Please go. I love me more than I love you. Please go.
0: Well, um, everyone's uh, experience with domestic violence is different and, and, and there are some similarities, but um, I want you, male or female or non-binary, to choose you. You know, it, it, it really comes down to how much do you love you more than you love anybody else do you love yourself enough to remove yourself from a situation that does not serve your best healthiest sanest version of yourself um and if asking yourself those questions am i with someone that does all these things do they make me happy do i long to come home or do i am i afraid to come home Like, if you know that you are in a situation where you have a lot more fear and anxiety and angst and just anger as opposed to love and peace and joy, then you are in the wrong situation. And life is way too short to be stuck in some mess when you could be out there living your best life. Mm -hmm. Susan and Sasha. Sasha. I appreciate you ladies for coming through, <laughs> sharing your experience. And I pray that love and light and healing energy will forever be with you. And Sasha, specifically for you, because I know that mom, she, she, her life is a whole lot better than it was before. <laughs> nice right? So yeah. we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, but for you, Sasha, um, I'm happy that you know what the signs are stay very close to your mom. She has a lot of experience and will guide you through your toughest of times. And I know sometimes it's hard to like confide in our parents because we need to keep some things for ourselves, but please know that your mom is your first line of defense and she will always have your back. Right. And please know there's about six million motherfuckers out there that would <laughs> die to have a girl like you. So please don't stay stuck with some Dumbass little boy Okay Very well Alright ladies I thank you so much For being here thank On this episode Yeah. <laughs> thank you so So very much I would tell you To share with your friends But we're doing this Anonymously And <laughs> <laughs> So this is So be funny as fuck But um, well, thank you So very much And I appreciate you And thank you so much For being on
1: In my-
0: Want to advertise on In My Head with Jay Vlest? Sign up now for the 2019 introductory rates to expose your brand, business, or initiative to a local and global audience. In My Head has a large New York-based audience and is heard in over 54 countries, with its top markets being the United States, Canada, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica and Bermuda. Be one of the very first exclusive advertising partners by signing up today. Email info at J-A-Y-B-L-E-S-S-E-D dot com. That's info at j to advertise on
1: In, In My Head. Ah, uh, yeah. <sighs>
0: it's not a laughing matter, but damn, this is a... Uh, Ooh, heavy stuff I hope you've learned a lot today especially in, in, when it comes to how often we're quick to judge not knowing the stories uh, of some people's lives and like I always try to say in previous episodes right like somebody might be nasty to you and you don't be so quick to be nasty back You know, you never know what that person is dealing with right then and then today. What they just left from to see you or experience or engage with you. They could have just got laid off. You know, I always say uh, on these episodes to be kind to people. You never know what kind of battles that they're fighting in private. And so I want to encourage you today to... Engage with people from a place of compassion because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Even with, with the most well-put-together person who wears designer suits and he is clean-cut and everyone loves him, he could be an abuser to his woman, to his children. And it doesn't have to be just physical violence. He could be a psychological abuser. He could use money. He could be the breadwinner and use his money, you know, financial abuse. And everyone loves this guy because he's such a great guy. Or he can also be a victim of domestic violence because maybe his wife makes more money than him. And the way she speaks to him, the way she treats him, the way she talks down to him... In private and in public. Listen, Uh, domestic violence is really layered. There's so many different stories today we shared with you. Um, And I know it's heavy. So I wanna know have you experienced domestic violence in your life? And uh, do you need our help? Use the hashtag HeadWithJB. Or in a case like this, I'm asking you to hit me up directly. Let's find you some resources. Use the official hashtag, Heaven Jamie, and let me know what you thought of today's episode. Give us some feedback. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We see them. We love them. If you really were moved by this particular episode, please go on and let us know that you really, really felt this episode, that, that it moved you, that it resonated with you. And I know it's heavy, but leave us a note uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and what's playing in my head? Yo, Listen, I had a whole list of songs, eh? Because the way how this whole episode go, I could get a whole list of songs. I wanted to even drop an EVE on all it, because all I know, when that video for uh, Love Is Blind came out, we wanted to beat some... <laughs> I could say no bad words. <laughs> but no, I'm not playing that one today. What's playing in my head Um, survivor. it's Survivor by Mary J. Blige off her last album, Strength of a Woman. Um... That's a beautiful song. I really love that entire album. And I know, ladies, I know that Mary J. Blige rocks the soundtrack of your life because when we find him, when he does some fucked up shit, when we love on him, when he's great to us, when he went and had a baby with somebody else, listen, (laughs) when he dedicated 11 years of your life and then he want to be with the secretary, (laughs) when he married you and then took all your money, Listen, Mary been through some shit, okay? And, and you can always count on a Mary J. Blige hit to get you through. Listen, yes, that's what's playing in my head. <laughs> yes, Auntie Mary. Matter of fact, yo, shout out to my girl, Nazi, who went with me um, to see Mary and Naz at the Barclays recently. Uh, yeah, that was super dope. Mary's amazing. Listen, guys, it's been a tough one. I'm going to leave you now, but thank you so, so, so very much. Please share this episode. Share it. Just drop a link, WhatsApp it, tweet it, you know, drop it in somebody's DM, send it in an email, send a text, um, share this episode. I would really appreciate that. And Once again, this has been another episode of
1: In, in my-
0: Do you need assistance in escaping an abusive or violent situation? Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Operating around the clock, seven days a week, confidential and free of cost, the National Domestic Violence Hotline provides life-saving tools and immediate support to enable victims to find safety and live lives free of abuse callers to the hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE can expect highly trained, experienced advocates to offer compassionate support, crisis intervention, information, educational services, and referral services in more than 200 languages. Don't hesitate. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline today at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Do you reside in New York City and need help? Call Safe Horizon on their 24-hour hotline, 1-800-621-HOPE. Safe Horizon is the nation's leading victim assistance organization. Call Safe Horizon today at 1-800-621-4673. That's 1-800-621-HOPE. If you are in immediate danger, pick up the phone right now and call 9 9- One...